Everyone likes to maintain their personal bubble, but what if that maintenance meant a little bit of free diving? Take a deep breath, strap some air to your thorax, and dive down to the depths of knowledge with us as we explore a certain spider's underwater world where it's eat or be eaten. We don't mean to burst your bubble, but that's just what you expect in life, death, and taxonomy. Welcome back to Life, Death, and Taxonomy, your 30 minutes of interesting animal info. I'm Joe. I'm scared. You scared me with your your loud voice. Uh-huh. I'm Carlos. It's called projecting. Oh. Did it again. Oh, I should be back here then. Yeah, there Farther away from your ear holes. <laughs> um, and today, we're going to talk about a little animal I like to call the diving bell spider. Or some other people refer to it as the water spider. Or Arachnus terrifyingus. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of uh, binomial nomenclature, let's let's find out um, where where this guy uh, weighs in. Oh, is that a little bit of coy foreshadowing? Oh, it might be. Okay, all right. Uh, okay, kingdom, animalia. I guess that one. As is a given. As that is a given. Uh, phylum, Arthropodia, E-U-A. Or, or, I, don't, I don't think you pronounce the E. Your Arthropoda? Your Arthropoda, probably. Like it's an arthropod from Europe. Yes. It does look like Europe in the beginning of the word. Uh, uh, subphylum, uh, Chelicerata. I'm going with that. That sounds like a delicious Mexican dish. It does. It sounds like a... Like a churro with cheese on it. I was thinking more like um, was ciabatta. Isn't that's, that's like a bread. that's kind of bread? Yeah. All right. Whatever. It's like a bun. Continue. Um, <laughs> class, our Canada, our Canada, our Canada. Okay. Um, our Canada. So we have Europe and Canada. Our can our can a <laughs> arch archnida really is arachnida. Duh. It's arachnida. Wow. You butchered that one. <laughs> and then order is Aranei. That, that's the one that has an A-E-A. Aranei, you think? Something like that. Um, Arenei. Yeah, that's what Arenia, I came up with. yeah, maybe. Um, family is Sibeidae. 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 With a C. Um, uh, Genus. Yes. <laughs> Genus is Argironeta. And it's the only member of this. This is one of the harder ones that we've ever done. It is. It's pretty hard. There's a lot of Ys. And a lot of A-E-A-I stuff. <laughs> uh, so Argironeta. Yeah, um, this spider is the only only living member. The, the last of its genus. And the only of its genus. As far as I know. Um, and then... Species Aquatica. That one's an easy one to pronounce. Yeah, I'm familiar with that selection of letters. <laughs> that order of letters <laughs> makes sense to me. Uh-huh. Darn Latin. How come there can't be people around to tell us how this stuff is pronounced? There there probably is. No, nobody knows. Um, but on, uh, where I was looking, it didn't have the little uh, pronunciations. It's because nobody knows. Nobody knows. You're right. Um, We're going to find out that there's a lot that... The, people don't know about this spider which inspires me to become a zoologist just to just to look at things through microscopes and figure it out because that's how they do that right i suppose so all right um also maybe just uh asking him 
the spider. Yeah. <laughs> so um, so what's up with your whole like deal? So you're asking me what? Oh, you're asking no, the spider. I'm asking the spider. <laughs> <laughs> Why well, are you called Aquatica? Oh, we'll get to that. Uh huh. Should I should I say should I should I drop the knowledge? Let's drop the general knowledge. Okay. First. Where dost thou live, spider? Underwater. Yes, underwater in Europe and in Asia. That was. Did you like my spider impression? <laughs> it was really deep. <laughs> I would imagine tiny little vocal cords being way higher pitched. I can't can't do that. <laughs> you should speed up my voice instead in the in the editing. <laughs> um. <laughs> It lives in Europe and Asia, in streams and uh, rivers. It's a freshwater spider. Okay. So, <laughs> if that needed to be said, I don't think there's a saltwater spider, except for, like, things that are called spider, but not. The the amazing things that the spider can do, knowing that, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't put it past it to live in saltwater. It doesn't like, like it. Like, why Maybe it could, not? but it just doesn't want to, you know? I actually have a theory why not, but... We'll get to that. I think you're probably right about that. <laughs> um, it lives for about two years in captivity, so we don't know how long it lives in the wild because things eat it. Um, it's pretty long-lived for... A spider? A small insectoid-like yeah. creature. Yeah. And in terms of size, they range in size like crazy. So you can be like smaller than a dime or larger than a half dollar. Because half dollar is a timely reference for you to imagine. <laughs> <laughs> but I can't I can't think of a poker chip. Yeah. There we go. So it ranges in size, but there's, a, in terms of size, there's a lot of sexual dimorphism. Ooh, what does that mean? Okay, so sexual dimorphism is uh, a difference between a male and a, spe- uh, fe- a female of a species. Okay. So men and women that are humans, men are typically larger and have stronger upper bodies. That's sexual dimorphism in humans. So it's only physical characteristics. Yeah. They they no. don't I mean nobody no despite what we were said at the top nobody can actually ask them about their, you know, emotional characteristics. Oh, like behavior. Yeah. No, there is some differences in behavior. But, but does that dimorphism is morph, you know, their body. Okay. Um their form. Um <laughs> of course you can't. What one just likes to go hunting, just that's their thing, and the other one just likes to accessorize their bubble. Well, dropping some foreknowledge there. Technically, the reason that the males, okay, did I tell you what the thing was? Males are larger. Yeah. Um, and which is odd. For odd spiders. for spiders. Yeah. Normally, females are larger than males. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, the black widow. You know, is named that because she kills and eats the male. the male after copulation. You probably wouldn't even recognize a male black widow because they don't look anything like right the the actual widow. Um, but in this case, the males are larger, and they think that is because males are more active hunters than wi- uh, women than females. <laughs> <laughs> um, sure, yeah. <laughs> so they're in and out of the water a lot. Um, whereas females just stay in one spot more on that later. The males will be in and out of the water. So they have to be able to like fight against their own buoyancy and they have to fight against the surface tension. So of the water, when you, especially when you get down into small, small creatures, Mm -hmm. surface tension is is hard to break. It's a huge barrier. (laughs) So like, if you've ever seen like a, an ant just sitting on top of the water, 
It's because he's not breaking the surface tension. He can't get down underneath. He literally it. can't get down underneath. And that's why if you've ever seen ants like clump up together when they're in water, you can push down on them. It's like they, they've made a raft that doesn't break the surface tension. Um, and you can look up videos of that, and it's pretty interesting. Um, Still wouldn't want to touch a clump of ants. That sounds horrifying. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> um, I've, I've seen someone, I saw someone do it with a, a stick. tool. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so males are larger and stronger so they can break that surface tension um, more often. In terms of prey, when this is what it was getting me because it was like, what is there f- for a, a spider to eat underwater? There's no flies buzzing around. There's huge fish. Things that like, probably are not good for a spider to, to be around. Like a carp. Yeah. <laughs> you can't carpe any diem when you are a tiny little spider fighting against a carp. There, there are no diems in which you can carpe a carp. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then I forgot about something. A little something that the science community likes to call larva. They like to eat mosquito <clears throat> larva. Um, which lives in the water. If you ever leave like like a frisbee upside down outside in Florida with some water in it, just making some mosquitoes. Thanks for that. Flip that frisbee upside down. Yeah, abandoned swing sets, old tires, uh-huh. just mosquito breeding grounds. But these guys live in rivers, don't they? Rivers are constantly rivers and lakes. moving. Some some are slower than others, and then also. There might maybe puddles like on the edge of streams. And oh, stuff. that's true. They do have those like reed areas yeah. that have water that doesn't flow as quickly. Right. But they also eat small crustaceans. Like, crustaceans. They're a the little f- man. freshwater uh, shrimp I saw them eating. Yeah. Um, and then probably, like, it'd probably take a minnow down. You know, those small, small tiny fish, little... yeah. Um, and then other water insects. Um, so that's what they eat. And then... Uh, their bite and venom. If it bit you, it wouldn't kill you. But it'd not be a fun time. <laughs> like most spiders. Yeah. Turns out that most spiders are not deadly. Even the black widow is not necessarily deadly depending on who you are. Even a brown recluse. Like, if you're a child, a skinny, emaciated child, then you might die. Or from a regular it. child. Or even, I mean, I think you're more predisposed to it if you're skinny. Probably, but if you're a regular child. Who has a good meal three times a day? You still might die from a black widow. Okay. Don't mess around with black widows. Right. Don't mess around with. I'm not saying mess around with black, black if you're widows. Old, but also, try to avoid it. If you're any human at all, probably not a fun time. No, you're not going to have a good time <laughs> at all. Um, but then also, yeah, brown recluse. It, it causes necrosis in the skin, but it doesn't kill you. It's not a fun time. No. But this There's... is this is just painful. But it could also cause a fever. Which could kill you. I guess, in certain certain situations. <laughs> I you were going to say circumstances. You just porgy the pygmy. You just, where you say, like, you try to say something and you can't, and then you just say something else instead. You give up. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I was mixing up scenarios and situations. Oh, okay. So I just chose one. Got it. Um, so is that that's probably the only interesting thing about this spider, huh? Yeah, well, you know, except for... It lives underwater. How could that be? I will tell you this. Little little hint for for the listener as to what's coming. They breathe air. Ooh. 
They're like other spiders. They don't breathe underwater. You don't really think of insects and spiders breathing. Yeah, they don't. I mean, you don't think that. But But they they, do. They have lungs. They need oxygen. Yeah, oxygen, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So this is called the diving bell spider. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not for nothing. It was said that Alexander the Great was the first person to go down in a diving bell where you just take this giant metal bell and you kind of place it perpendicular to the water and drop it so that it captures as much air as possible and the diver can be underneath there and go grab some air and go diving for sunken treasure or whatever uh-huh. he wants. You know where I bet it's dark? In a diving bell. <laughs> <In a> di- <laughs> <laughs> you didn't even let me answer. <laughs> It would be better if the diving bell was clear. Yeah, if if somehow you could create some sort of silk netting to trap air instead of a big metal bell. Oh, what? Yeah. You know what spiders are good at making is silk. And um, mm-hmm. that's linens ex- and things. That's exactly... <laughs> linens and things? <laughs> like a nice pair of silk pants. <laughs> Or trousers for the UK listeners. That's that, true. We don't want to ex- maybe don't exist. We don't. We don't <laughs> want to exclude our friends across the pond. Yes, but if you're, I suppose in, they could make silk underwear. If you were in a pond, they probably can. In Europe, you'd probably find one of these dudes making a diving bell. Uh huh. And how pray tell? So what they do is they go underwater, and rather than like try to capture a bunch of air. And then bring it down with them all at the same time. They just kind of build this silk netting between two reeds or underwater plants. And then they go up to the surface and they stick their butts up to the surface. Their abdomens. Uh-huh. That's why they're not insects. They only have the head slash thorax and the abdomen. Two parts instead of three, which other insects have. Yeah, so they've got hydrophobic hairs on the, the abdomen part. Right, and that... Hydrophobic means what it means. Scared of water. Scared of of water. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to go there. But that that acts to trap a bunch of air around the the abdomen. abdomen. Did you say thorax? No. Uh, Yeah, abdomen. Um, So it'll stick its abdomen up into the surface, and then it'll bring it back down. So now it has this bubble of air around its abdomen, and it'll travel back down via, like, silk threads that it's like anchored up to the surface go back down to so it doesn't have to basically swim all the time no it's not it almost never swims it mostly even it even when it's hunting it goes along these lines that it's threaded out there plus that's how it knows that something's out there just like any other spider it waits to feel the vibrations on its thread i would think the current would like give them false positives all the time but there's erratic movement of things that it can detect Panic. Yeah. Like, oh, this is tugging. Just like just like when you're fishing. Um, and so it'll take its air-filled, air-covered, not filled, covered abdomen down to underneath its little silk netting, and it'll just deposit it and make a bunch of trips that way and eventually create this big bubble of air for it to live in. And then it doesn't ever have to leave so the water. So that's crazy. When I first saw the pictures of this, I imagined, like, it would make a silk netting of, t- of sorts and then just kind of drop it underwater somehow. That's what I like thought. Like a diving bell. And it would, it would that, that's just how it would hunt sometimes. That's right. what I thought. It was like a temporary thing. 
that that's where it found its main source of food was to go down in the water every once in a while. But no, this is its home. And it just lives in this bubble between these two plants forever. And it continually replenishes the air? Well, here's here's the crazy thing that they can't figure out. One is exactly what the silk is made out of. They're still they still don't know exactly what spider silk is made out of. It's like it's proteins that like that come apart but then reassemble like a Jacob's ladder or something like that, one of those toys that like you can pull them apart but they like as though they were a liquid, but then when you, they all string together when they're pushed through the rectum what it, the spinneret <laughs> i think is what it's called um so when they're pushed through that it actually like aligns the protein so they link together but this has a special like hydrogel that allows it to trap air but at the same time it allows oxygen from the water to get into the bubble to to like diffuse into the bubble the rest of the elements that are part of the water, like hydrogen, <laughs> um, and whatever else is in the water, like the sediment and fish pee, mm-hmm. that does not go into the bubble, but the oxygen does. And then carbon dioxide that the spider releases, like any other breathing animal, um, is diffused out of the bubble. What? So Can we even do that? No. That's, that sounds like technology we need to get on. <laughs> But nitri- that, we could use that for space. Yeah, no, we can't, because this this <laughs> this isn't an area. That idea. <laughs> <laughs> because oxygen is coming from the the outside environment into the contained right. area. There's nothing in space to to help. Well, I meant like like on Mars. Okay, yeah, um, but there. I don't know if you could even get enough oxygen right because water especially fresh water which is why i'm thinking that they're only in fresh water fresh water is exceptionally oxygen rich where like warm salt water isn't cold salt water is but i don't think an arachnid can live in cold salt water that's the reason you thought that they don't live in the salt water and they can't yeah because it needs to be oxygen rich water otherwise they're going to suffocate i was thinking because the the buoyancy of the bubble would be too buoyant in salt water. You know what? That you make a good point there. You are much more buoyant in salt water than you are in fresh water. Mm-hmm. So they would have to evolve to be stronger if they wanted to be in salt water. And maybe there's something that the salinity does to them or whatever. Yeah, there's lots of reasons that fresh yeah. water thing can't be in salt water. There's a lot of reasons why salt water. Because it burns my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> and I have eight of them. <laughs> I, I'm a spider. Yeah, in this situation. Um... So the the problem with this like gas recycling issue is that um, it do, it also phases out nitrogen. So eventually the spider runs out of nitrogen, and it needs nitrogen just as much as we do because our atmosphere is like seventy one percent nitrogen. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why it needs to. Oh, a flaw in your night perfect bubble. <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh man, if only I designed this thing to. To diffuse nitrogen. I got to go back to the plans. Back to the drawing board. It's <laughs> a spider with a little blue architecture, like, document trying to draw, like, erasing things and drawing it back with a big nitrogen symbol over it. So, yeah, it has to replenish about once a day, which isn't bad. I mean, you can live underwater and all you have to do is swim once a day to replenish all your Not air. Not even swim. 
yeah crawl along just, a, just kind of free dive line. it's actually yeah. it's more like free diving where they you know you just go along a line so they'll they'll live mostly in their bell which is what it's called scientifically mm-hmm. not just a bubble because it isn't just a bubble because it does let oxygen in and carbon dioxide out they'll pretty much stay in there all the time to stay away from hunters both above the um the water and in the water because they just look and see a bubble and they keep going right um but they'll also uh mate in this bubble so like you said females tend to stay in their bubble more there's a joke here about you know getting out getting out uh, breaking out of your bubble yeah <laughs> a male come i need my space get out of my bubble <laughs> But the male's like, no, I'm going to construct a bubble right next to you and tunnel into yours so <laughs> really? that we can mate. That's oh what they do. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, they actually spin a special, like, web, a special, like, tunnel from their bubble, their bell, into the females. And then they mate. And then the female lays her eggs in her bell. And then they hatch underwater. Okay. So this thing can spend its entire life underwater. Well, imagine if she rejects your advances. I built this. I went up to the surface like ten times. And now, I built it right here. I tunneled a bubble. I tunneled through a bubble. Maybe he maybe he makes like a remedial one. Like he's got his. He's got. He's got, right. home, he's got home base. Right. But he's just like, all right, this is my home away from home. This is like my motel. He's got a bubble in Palm Springs. <laughs> this is summer bubble. <laughs> this is his motel six. <laughs> well, speak like to that point. Um, they do have a smaller bubble. Which I call the cheese because it's just a baby bell. Oh my god! <laughs> Dude, you didn't just think of that, did you? Yes, I did. Nice. It is a small. That's all true. It is, <laughs> and it's all true. <laughs> but that's it. It is a smaller bubble. Males, you know, spend more of their time hunting uh, more aggressively or more actively. So, whereas the female, you know, stays in the bubble more. So, he'll, he'll need, to, need to go and visit the cheese every once in a while. Yeah. To go hunting. <laughs> he doesn't have to spend that much time there. Okay. So, he's not using up, like, oxygen, I guess. He's got, like, rewards points. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, the another interesting, really interesting thing about these spiders is that um, most spiders just have, like, s- kind of slits, which are uh, lungs in their abdomen. Which are, they're called book lungs. They kind of just look like sheets of paper, kind of uh, crinkled up like an old book Mm -hmm. stacked on top of each other. And that's how they breathe, Um, which is crazy. They don't breathe out of their mouths. They breathe out of their uh, abdomens. But the diving bell spider has holes in its exoskeleton, which are semi-permeable and allow oxygen to get directly into its tissue in in its exoskeleton. So all it has to do is just poke its little behind up back into its bell and it's it's breathing and then it goes back huh so it never has to it's, its head never has to leave the water gonna have some pruny uh fingers yeah <laughs> except unless you had an exoskeleton <laughs> <laughs> then you wouldn't have any prunes luckily <laughs> plus, plus you're a spider prunes are huge to you <laughs> that's who taught them this that's what i want to know like, if you think that, I mean, even if you subscribe to the kinds theory, which is that it's it's microevolution, which is there was, you know, a, a series of family group 
parents, and from them came all the rest of you know the species mm-hmm. in that family. How? How would one spider like just decide figure out how to do this? I don't know. I feel like well, necessity would drive like a species of spiders or a group of a species of spiders to have to hunt underwater or die. Right. After repeated trips swimming around underwater, eventually one decides to try to build a net underwater to catch things or just to anchor itself. And then a bubble, like maybe natural bubbles form underneath it. And then... I would imagine something like it starts to favor reeds, you know, that are submerged in water halfway, but half of them are above water. So it, you know, finds that flies buzz around the, like, side of a lake or a stream or something. So it it starts there and then finds that there's like larvae on the surface and starts you know goes so it's like it's a it's a thing that they're already kind of near it and then it just like develops in But how do they how do they do the bubble thing? I have no idea. <laughs> how do they figure that out? And when you watch them do it, it's so mechanical. It's 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 just their job like they're bees. They're just, they go up to the surface, they stick their butts up, it becomes like this bubble around their their uh, abdomen, they go back down, they deposit it into their bubble, and they do that like five times in a row, and then they go and they hide up in there. And then when, and, what? I mean, it's not even just like the knowledge of it. It's the, it's the, or the instinct to do it. It's the fact that they also have, you know, the hydrophobic uh, hairs, and, you yeah. know, the, the, they can absorb oxygen through their exoskeleton. So, like, they have so many different things about them that allows them to do this. It's almost as if they were designed. designed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, an- um, another interesting thing about them is that they go and they kill their prey when they go hunting. And then they they pretty much kill it immediately. And they bring it back to the bubble. They'll usually go and make it several more trips to enlarge their bubble to allow them and their prey to be in there. Mm-hmm. Because instead of injecting, instead of spinning up their prey like a lot, like other spiders do, and then injecting their ven- their venom, mm-hmm. which turns their prey into like this mush, and then kind of drinking it like a coconut smoothie, right? Um, As you would want, with to a do. little tiny umbrella, spider umbrella, and um, made of silk. Yeah, <laughs> um, they'll just kind of spew their venom all over it in their bubble, which. They're well, not they're. It's not venom. It's just digestive juices, uh-huh. which break it down, and then they drink enzymes that enzymes of sorts. Yeah. So they, yeah, they they kill their prey. They go and they enlarge their bubble. They bring their prey into the bubble, and then they kind of like throw up, throw up all over it, and then and then drink it, and then they're good. That's their chow time. Close. Oh. <laughs> Last thing before we sign off is that um, our Giranetta which is its uh, genus, is taken from Argyros, which is silver in Latin, and then Netta, which is apparently a neologism, which is uh, like coining a new term for spinner. So silver spinner. Hmm. And then aquatica, which you you did it. (laughs) (laughs) And that's all I got. Oh, also, if they're in a low oxygen environment, they can enlarge their bells and... Dis- and like willingly uh, choose to live in a, 
a, like to tolerate lower levels of oxygen so they can kind of like shut down some of their systems so they don't need as much. Huh. We need that for space too. Yeah. You gotta learn that. <laughs> we gotta learn from these guys. They know what they're doing. Semi-permeable gaseous bubbles. I'm all about it. Game changer. So, that's all we got on the diving bell spider. Uh-huh. So, until next time, this has been Life, Death, and Taxonomy. I'm telling you, I saw an orangutan out here. It was right around this area. There's no way. Orangutans are native to the forests of Borneo and Sumatra in Indonesia and Malaysia. I mean, I know that, and you know that, and the listener knows that, but this orangutan doesn't seem to know that. Well, there's nothing here, so... Listen, let's just sit here by this fire and wait to see if it shows up. Fine. But while we're here, we might as well tell the listener to subscribe to Life, Death, and Taxonomy to get all of their interesting animal info on their devices on the go. I suppose. And we should also tell them that leaving a review can help let others know to check us out. (gasps) But there's no time for that now. Look! I don't believe it. That's an orangutan. What did I tell you? Didn't I tell you? Wait a minute. It's looking right at us. You know... They're about seven times stronger than the average man. Well, I know that, and you know that. Let's just get it. That's a good idea.